Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. To be in church this morning, it's good to be back after our after Chloe and I week, uh, after we had a week away. It's been nice to to feel refreshed, to feel recharged, ready for the season ahead. You know, on Thursday this week, I began full-time here. It was the first official day that I, I became full-time minister here. And, you know, I thank God for all that he has done. You know, I believe that he has called me here, that he's placed me here. It is all of him. I, you know, I know that he is the one who's going to sustain as well. You know, I believe that, you know, as I've stepped into this role, I know there's going to be difficult times. I understand that. I know that with ministry, there's going to be tough times. The enemy's not going to be pleased. I understand that. But I also believe that our God is going to be with us. He's going to bless. I believe God's going to move in this church. I believe we have a hope and a future as a church, and the, 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 the days to come are going to be greater than the days in the past. I believe that with all of my heart. So, you know, I, I know I don't ask very often, but please would you pray for, for Chloe and I as we step into this. We're going to need all the praise we can, we can get at this moment, but we believe that God's going to do great things. And please know that we are praying for you as a church. We're praying for each and every one. I pray for each and every one of you day by day, and I pray that God will move in your life. And we pray for our community that God would move as well. We believe it's going to be an exciting season ahead. I know this morning we're going to continue in our series that we go through on a Sunday morning, which is all about the Holy Spirit. And I believe this season ahead is going to involve the Holy Spirit. We're going to need the Holy Spirit more than ever. We're going to need His power, His help, His guidance more than ever. So this morning we're going to continue looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you have a Bible, can you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 11. It's going to be up on the screen behind me as well, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 11. And in this passage, we, we read, we see that Paul is writing, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth about how believers can receive the Holy Spirit and how they can be used in, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit as well, how these gifts are used within our lives. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. To 11 and it says now about the gifts of the spirit brothers and sisters i do not want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols therefore i want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of god says jesus be cursed and no one can say jesus is lord except by the holy spirit there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them there are different kinds of service but the same lord there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one that is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So we see in this passage, as we've discovered over these last couple of weeks, there are nine gifts in total. And they're broken down into three categories. Three gifts of revelation, three gifts of power, and three gifts of of inspiration and these gifts are for the common good 
They're not to pull us down. They're for the common good of the church. These gifts are given and are to be used to strengthen the church, to edify, to bring comfort, to build up the people of God. And this morning, we're going to start looking at the gifts of inspiration. The gifts of inspiration. And, and in particular this morning, we're going to look at the gifts, the gift of speaking in tongues or of different speaking in different kinds of languages. And I kind of touched on this at the very beginning of the sermon, uh, of this series, that, that when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we believe as a church that the initial evidence that we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, that we will speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives us utterance. This is the first gift that we all receive when we believe, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the first gift that we receive from the Holy Spirit when we are first uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And we are given this gift, and this gift is a new spiritual language. It's a gift that's given to us so that we can pray in this new spiritual language. You know, personally, this gift has been one of the most powerful tools in my own spiritual walk with the Lord. There is nothing more great, uh, that, that I thank God more for than the ability to, to speak in tongues, to pray in tongues, this gift that God has given to me. You know, it's incredible when, when I'm going through a difficult situation or a tough time, when I begin to pray in tongues as the Holy Spirit uh, anoints and as he gives uh, and as he enables, there's an incredible sense of power and peace that comes into my life when I begin to pray in tongues, more so than when I just pray in my own natural language in, in, in English. There's a power that comes when the Holy Spirit begins to take hold of my tongue and he begins to pray in and through us. You know, I want to encourage us. We say that we're a Pentecostal people. You know, and, and this gift has been given not just to confirm that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, but this is a gift that's given to us to help us in our day-to-day -day prayer life. It's to help us in our day-to-day -day walk with the Lord. And I want to encourage each and every one of you not to just pray in English, but to pray in the Spirit. He has given you a language so that you can pray. You can speak to God, not just to, uh, we can speak directly to God in this prayer language. Unfortunately, speaking in tongues is one of the most misunderstood aspects of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's so much confusion about it. A lot of people uh, get put off by it because it's man naked up sometimes rather than it being God inspired. And so this morning, I want to just speak some specific truths. I want to give some specific truths from the Bible about speaking in tongues and why it's such an important part of our lives as believers. How many of you believe this morning that this is important? This is important for us, and especially as a Pentecostal church, this is important for us. This isn't just limited to Pentecostal groups. This gift isn't just limited to assemblies of God and healing. This gift is for all those who believe in Jesus and all those who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, I want to share some specific truths from God's Word of how it benefits our lives, how this gift benefits our lives. And first of all, we need to understand exactly what speaking in tongues is. First of all, speaking in tongues it's a language. It's a language. Speaking in tongues, it may sound unfamiliar to us in the natural, but it's not gibberish. You know, as a child, when I, I grew up in the church all my life, as you know, when I heard people speak in tongues, I always thought it was a bit strange. I always thought it was a bit weird, but I also looked forward to, hear, to hearing it because I, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was quite funny, but 
But it's not gibberish. As I grew in the Lord, as, as the Lord began to move in my life, and as I was baptized in the Holy Spirit myself, I began to understand that this is not gibberish. It's not just some people going mad in, in church on a Sunday. This is a language from God that's given to us. The gift of speaking in tongues or different kinds of tongues, it's an inspired utterance given by the Holy Spirit in a language that the believer hasn't learned yet. This isn't a language that we make up. It's a language that's given by God. It's inspired totally by the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God, and he begins to speak to us. And it's a language that we receive, and it's something that we've never learned before. It's a language that he has given to us. It's a spontaneous gift. It's under the direction of the Holy Spirit. It's not just us running our mouth off and coming up with something. It's guided by the Holy Spirit. It is all of the Holy Spirit. He's guiding our tongue as we lift up our praise to God. He begins to move. And as we lift up our praises to God, he takes control of our tongue and begins to speak through us in this new language. It's a language. You know, it's not somebody, and you know, when this gift is given within the context of church, it's not somebody giving their own message. It's God speaking through a person. It is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for the benefit of the church. That's what speaking in tongues is within the church context. When you might hear it in a church, it is a message when somebody is anointed by God and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak this language they haven't learned and it is for the building up of the church. You know, I must say as well also, I know we're going to jump into this in a few weeks' time, but whenever there is a message in tongues, it must also always be an interpretation. Otherwise, it's no good. It's not good for us. It's not going to help anybody if somebody begins to give a message in tongues and then there's no interpretation to follow. That's why we must pray before we give the message. That's why we must make sure, God, this is from you. That doesn't mean we, we're afraid to step out in this gift, but we must make sure. And we must also be prepared to give the interpretation. Did you know that you can also give the interpretation as well? It's that, you know, you see it in the life of Smith Wigglesworth, if you've ever read about him. He would often give a message in tongues. And maybe there wasn't anybody in that church meeting who was open or, or maybe the Holy Spirit wasn't moving in that person. But he was open and he would often give the interpretation to his own, to the own message, to the message that he had just given in tongues. We must always be ready to give the interpretation because it's to build up the church. It's not to pull down or confuse people, it's to build up in the church. So it's a language. And if you don't believe me, we read about it in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was outpoured, in Acts chapter 2, verse 3 to 8, it says this. It says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That was the sign that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, they began to speak in a language that they had never learned. And you know, that's one of the distinctions that it makes in, in the scripture, that we begin to speak in a language that we never learned. Now, in the original Greek, I don't know if any of you study Greek, anybody here study Greek, anybody interested in Greek? In the original Greek, the word language here is the word dialectos. I think I'm saying that right. Michelle isn't here this morning, so I can't confirm it with her. I'll confirm it tonight, but it's dialectos. Uh, and it's where we get the word dialect from. It's where we get the word dialect from. And that's that word there in Acts chapter 2. It's dialectos. It's a language. They began to speak in a language. It's not some gibberish. It is a language. And what's incredible is that as people were drawn by the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they came for the festival of Passover. 
and there was people from all over the world came along and they began to hear their own language being spoken by the believers by the disciples they began to hear their language being spoken before and they were like and they were they were like what's this they are speaking in my language but it was you know the disciples hadn't learned that language specifically for this moment it was given by god and they began to speak in this new language how incredible is that as they began to praise god this new language came out so they could praise god in you know a, a few verses later we see that that peter refers to this prophetic passage in joel where he says that this is actually a fulfillment of a promise that jesus said that, that god said in joel that in the last days i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh this wasn't just some random occurrence in Acts. This was promised long, long ago that the Holy Spirit would come and that he would move in and through the lives of believers. Even in Zephaniah, how many of you have read Zephaniah recently? When was the last time you read that book? Zephaniah, in Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 9, there was this incredible promise of the Holy Spirit's coming. It says in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9, Then I will purify the lips of the people that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. That promise is pointing to a day when people would be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in a new language as the Spirit gives utterance. So first of all, speaking in tongues, it's not gibberish, it's a language. It's a language. Secondly, it's a language of the Spirit. It's not a language of men. It's a language of the Spirit. We see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 to 15, it says, this is Paul saying, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I also will pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. I wonder how many times have you ever felt totally limited in your prayer when you come to pray and you feel so limited because of the situation you feel so pressured and you just don't know what to pray or maybe you you face a moment where your heart's gone so cold and you feel like i just don't know what to say anymore you know it says when we paul saying here when we only pray with our understanding our understanding we are limited to what we know when we begin to pray with our own mind and our own understanding of things we're limited to what we know about a situation or about a circumstance However, the Holy Spirit knows far more about our situation and our circumstance than we ever do. He knows what's going on. He knows the answer. He knows what we need. He is able to move in that situation. That's why Paul is saying it's powerful for us to pray in the Spirit and with our own understanding. Yes, there's times when we pray in English and we pray for our needs. But there are times when we need to open up ourselves to God and say, God, will you pray through me? Holy Spirit, will you pray through me? You know, as Pastor Rob has taught us, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of prayer. He is the one who helps us in our praying. He is the one who strengthens us. So if you feel stuck in your prayer life, invite the Holy Spirit to come and take over. Ask him to pray in and through you because he prays in line with the will of God. He will help you pray in line with the will of God. He will help you to pray in these situations. That's why it's powerful to pray in the spirit. You know, when praying in tongues, is literally the language of the spirit when we pray in tongues it's the language of the spirit we pray in in that spiritual realm you know as as we've been uh, taught before we're not just uh, body soul and spirit we're spirit soul and body it's the opposite way around and so often we walk on the natural plane of things but we're actually called to be supernatural people 
We were called to walk by faith and not by sight. We are people who are to walk in the spirit and not according to the flesh. So if you want a greater prayer life, open up your life to the Holy Spirit and ask him to come and pray in us and your life. So it's a language of the spirit. And thirdly, it's a prayer language, as I've already said. You know, the, the impact that this has had praying in tongues on my life is incredible. It helped us in those tough times and difficult times, but also just in good times as well, praying in the Spirit, allowing God to pray in and through you. Did you know that praying in tongues is part of the armor of God? Did you know that praying in tongues is part of the armor of God? This has been given to us by God to help us fight through difficult times, to help us fight against the enemy, to help us fight in tough times. You know, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul describes the spiritual armor that we need to put on on a day-by-day basis to protect us in our spiritual warfare. You know, we are in a spiritual warfare, whether you like it or not. If you're a believer, we're involved in a spiritual warfare. We're involved, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We're involved in a spiritual warfare. And so often we fail to put on the armor of God. We need to put it on on a day-by-day basis. But in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul describes some of the armor. We probably know it from Sunday school or kids' class. The belt of truth, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, just to name a few that we had to put on. But he, he concludes with the final weapon that we can't go without. He says, praying in the spirit at all times. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Oh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, sorry. It says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of praise and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. It's a weapon. Praying in the spirit, praying in tongues is a weapon against the enemy. You know, and I believe that this is a weapon, not that just I need it as a pastor of the church. It's not just something that I do. Every single one of us need. And I know, I know that just by being a believer, not just as a pastor, as a believer, I need this weapon. Because it is a very real enemy who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to rob me of my faith. He's trying to put me down. He's trying to discourage me. He's trying to make me turn away from the Lord. And so, thank God he's given us weapons to fight against the enemy. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the power of our testimony. But also these, these, prote- these for protection as well. The armor of God. And praying in the spirit. We need this. You know, God gave it to us because he knew we needed it. I wonder, are you fighting with this weapon? Are you praying in tongues on a day-by-day basis? Are you using this weapon or not? Because we lose if we don't use these weapons that God has given us. So many of us are not engaging in the spiritual warfare this morning. You know, I haven't got this in my notes, but I believe the Lord's laying this on my heart. Many of us, maybe here this morning, are not engaging in that spiritual warfare. We need to fight. And the way we fight is on our knees, praying, calling upon the Lord day by day. If you want to see victory in your situation, you need to pray. It's not just going to happen. You need to pray. We need to pray for our loved ones. We need to pray for our church. We need to pray for our government and our leaders. We need to pray. It's a very real warfare that we're involved in. And the enemy is trying to win day by day. But thank God Jesus has won the victory. And he's given us as a church weapons to fight. We need this weapon. And there's no substitute for, the, for this weapon. It has an incredible impact on our lives. And so, lays the foundation of what it is. It's a, a language. It's a, a spiritual, it's a language of the spirit, and it's a prayer language. And very briefly, I'm going to share 
couple of benefits that finding time brings to our lives. This, if, if you worry, and I'm not going to go on for ages, don't worry, it's going to be a part two to this message, but I'm going to just share one or two benefits which training time brings to our lives. Number one, when we pray in tongues, we're walking in obedience to God's word. How many of you want, this morning want to be obedient to the Lord? Let's raise your hand. I know I do. And we are to pray in tongues, but the Bible tells us to pray in tongues. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 19, this is what Paul says, and it seems like a command. It says, verse 18 to 19, do not get drunk on wine which leads to de- debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Don't get drunk on wine. Be filled with the Spirit. You know, I believe the church would look a very different place if we were filled with the Spirit rather than filling our lives with alcohol and other things. It's so sad to see so many churches accepting it and getting drunk on all these different things. But God says, you don't need that. Live after me. Seek after me. Seek after my spirit. Those things will never satisfy. They only bring harm and destruction. But seek after me. Seek after the spirit which brings life, which brings blessing into your life. Seek after the spirit. That's why we as a church, we believe in that. We're, we're a church who believe in that. It's not to, it's because, not to put people off. It's we, we don't want people to stumble over us. We want people to find Jesus, to find life. And true life is found in him. And he says here, Paul says, don't get drunk on wine. It's pointless and won't satisfy. You'll have a thrill for a minute, but it's never going to satisfy. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Sing songs. Sing songs in the Spirit to the Lord. You know, many of you might know this, but you know when we worship, when it comes to the end of the song, you might hear some of us begin to sing. We begin to sing in the spirit. You know, we encourage you, and I encourage us as a church, let's sing in the spirit. Those are moments where we can lift up our praise to God, our own language, our own, you know, let's not be quiet after the songs and wait for the next song. Let's be a people who are singing our praises to God. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to take our worship to another level, to a deeper place. Let's allow him to do that. And Paul is saying, don't be filled drunk with wine. Be filled with the spirit. Sing psalms to God. You know, when we begin to sing in the spirit and be filled with the spirit and speak in tongues, strengthens our spiritual frame it empowers us for our everyday challenges how many of you need strength tomorrow how many of you need strength when you go home for the, for the situation you're facing begin to pray in tongues because it will bring incredible strength to you it will bring God you'll feel God's presence in your life number uh, number two when we pray in tongues it, it helps us to walk in obedience to God's word number two it builds us up on the inside it really does build us up on the inside. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4 says this. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. Speaking in tongues edifies you. It encourages you. It builds you up. You know, when we look up the word edify in the Greek dictionary, in, strong, in the strongest Greek dictionary, it actually says to be a house builder or to construct. You know, recently I, I've started watching, I don't know if any of you have seen this, My Dream Home. Any of you have seen that with Noah, it's an American one. How many of you watch Homes Under the Hammer? 
some of you might have heard of that. Yeah, you see all these programs which is all about people buying these terrible houses in Oakton and doing them up again. You know, I can't wait to see the end result. Don't worry about the broken taps and the windows. I don't, I don't care about that. I want to see the finish on that house. I want to get some inspiration. You know, and th- that's literally what it means here. This word edify here, it's like to be a house builder. It's to build a house. It's taking the ruins of our own life and it's building us up to be something incredible and glorious. It's, it's what God has promised. And that's an incredible way to see it. The Holy Spirit, he's like a spiritual house builder. How many of you have ever heard the Holy Spirit like that, as described as that before? He's like a spiritual house builder. And when we pray in tongues, we're building up our inner man. We're building up our inner man when we pray in tongues. There's a God confidence that begins to rise up within us when we pray in tongues. That no matter what our situation is or no matter how what we're facing, we know that God is with us. That God's going to bring us through. That God's going to help us. That God's got the answer. That the breakthrough's coming. That's what happens when we pray in tongues. There's an inner confidence. The Holy Spirit begins to build up our inner man. No matter what we might face, there's a strength. There's a confidence that's rooted deep down. No matter what we face, God is going to be with you. You know, like the three, uh, three Hebrew boys in the fire. Even if God doesn't rescue us, he's, we know he's with us. He's gonna, he, we'll be with him for all of eternity. They believed when they were thrown in the fire that God was going to be with them. And that's the confidence we can have when we're in the fire. God is with us. That, that's what comes when we begin to pray in tongues. And thirdly, when we pray in tongues, we release his faith into our hearts. How many of you want some fresh faith this morning? How many? I know that we need it. We need it. I need it day by day. It says in Jude chapter 20. Uh, Jude, there's no tw- 20 chapters in Jude. Jude 1, verse 20, sorry. It says, but you, dear, brother, uh, dear friends, by building yourself up in the most holy faith and by praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, when we pray in tongues, it causes faith to be released in our hearts. It gives us a boldness to step out in faith. It gives us a boldness to step out in faith when we begin to pray in tongues. You know, someone once said that faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. And that, I believe that's crucial in describing how important faith is in our lives. We need faith to move forward. We need faith to believe for a greater day. We need faith to believe in God. We need faith on a day-by-day basis. We need faith to believe in the promises of God, to hold on to the promises of God. We need faith. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It says in another part of the Bible, the just shall live by faith. We're called to walk by faith and not by sight. We're a people of faith, not just a natural people. We're people who walk by faith. We need faith. I know I've stepped into this role as, as the pastor of this church in faith, believing, trusting in God's promise over my life, but also trusting that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in this place. I've tre- stepped into it, believing wholeheartedly, saying, God, I know you're going to move, so use me, God. I'm available. Use me if it is your will. Use me to see your church. Use us. I believe with all my heart that the best is yet to come for our church. But I needed faith. And it's not something I can conjure up. I needed a faith. And that comes by God himself imparting that faith. And it comes when we begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, when we begin to 
begin to pray in tongues, such a faith of confession with fresh faith releasing into our lives. We need faith. We need to pray in tongues because it keeps us strong. So to conclude this morning, next time we're going to continue looking at this gift. There's a lot more to this gift. And we're going to look at the blessings it brings to us individually and corporately. But also we're going to look at next time some guidelines for us in using this gift and also how we are to use this gift in the church as well. There are some guidelines in scripture for how we are to use this gift as the Holy Spirit gives us to us, how we are to be used in this gift. But this morning, you might be wondering, how can I receive this gift? How can I receive this gift of tongues? Well, when we are first baptized in the Holy Spirit, we receive the gift of tongues. I know it's not a different gift then later on in our faith. It's the same gift that's imparted in us. But many of us leave this gift dormant. We don't use this gift. It's not this gift isn't just given to so that we can confirm to other believers that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. This gift is given so that we can use it on a day-by-day basis. We are to use this gift. We are to grow in this gift. And did you know as well, this gift is also the gateway to all the other gifts. It's the gateway to all the other gifts, to prophecy, to faith, to gifts of healing. Well, this is just the first gift. It's the doorway into the other gifts. And so I want to encourage you, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you've used it, in, and the Holy Spirit has anointed you, and you've spoken in this gift before, you've spoken in different tongues before, I want to encourage you to seek the Lord again and ask the Lord, help me to use this gift again. Begin to pray in the Spirit again. Begin to use that gift again. And as you do, faith will rise. You'll be built up. You'll feel stronger in your faith. You'll sense God's leading in His direction. You'll feel His protection more and more. Use this gift. And for those of you who haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, well, that's the first step. It's to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'm just trying to share two ways you can do that. Two steps you can take. First way is repent and change your mind. It's, it's, it's changing our hearts, saying, God, I'm not going to live this any way anymore. I'm not going to live according to the flesh. I'm going to live after you. I want your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. It starts with a prayer. You know, if there's any sin in your life, any unforgiveness, any pride, any fear, any doctrinal hang-up, so to speak, if you're bound by things that are hindering you, if there's anything in your life blocking you, you from receiving this gift, confess it. Get it out in the open. And you know the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Bring it before the Lord. Get your life ready for it. Don't get caught up on this. You know, this gift is for today. It's not for the past. It's for today. It's for now. It's not just for pastors or leaders. It's for every believer. This gift is given for you. You can have this gift. It's for all of us. These gifts are for all of us. To strengthen us. To build us up. First step, pray and get your life right. Second step, confess. Say, Lord, will you fill me with your spirit? Keep asking. Jesus said in Luke 9, 11, verse 9 to 13, ask, keep on asking. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. We need to keep asking. Say, Lord, will you fill me with your spirit? And wait for him. It's not something you can conjure up. Just wait. I know I'd encourage you. Pray. Begin to pray. Begin to praise God. Begin to sing praises to God. Keep praying and asking God. As you begin to praise him, you'll begin to sense his presence more and more in your life. And then as you begin to sense his presence in your life, as you begin to sense it bubbling up, then you'll be able to release and begin to speak that new language that you sense God is giving you. It's all of God. It's under his inspiration. It's all of him. Instead of praying, Lord, if it is your will, start praying, Lord, it is your will for my life. This is your will for my life. 
Lord, if there is a will, there is his will for every believer to be filled with the Spirit, for every believer to be used in his gifts. Start praying. Say, God, will you fill me? Start doing Start seeking him. And you can know the battle's won in your life. You know, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to actually have a meeting where we're going to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want some help with that, if you want people to be with you, don't. You know, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit on my bed in my house. It can happen anywhere. So as I was just praising God and looking, seeking God, saying, Spirit, come and help me. I began to speak in other tongues. It can happen anywhere. But just, I'm encouraging you. Here are the first two steps. Get your life right. Get rid of, confess anything. Change your ways. And then begin to seek God. And you can know this gift in your life. And, and next time we're going to look at some more incredible blessing that this gift brings to our lives. Amen. Shall we pray? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.